let's do some improvisational comedy now. Hey! We're recording the podcast! Shut up! Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is... For February 29th, 2024, my name is Bernie Burns. With me, as always, a lady who always looks before she leaves, Miss Ashley Burns. How are you doing, Ashley? <laughs> Happy Leap Day. So what does leap year mean? Can I, like, do crimes today and they can't come after me for four years? How does that work? There's got to be some <laughs> yeah, like loophole. The purge. There's got to be something, right? Well, it's like all the the babies that are born today that get to decide exactly how they count their age. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine anything that would get older quicker than being born on leap year, you know, because you'd have to hear about it all the fucking time. Like, your family would never let it go, right? They would say, like, oh, you don't get a birthday this year, do you? (laughs) Like being born on Christmas or something, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. What's, What's the worst birthday to have? I've got a pretty lousy one, I have to admit. Because it's easily forgettable. Um, not that anyone on this podcast has ever forgotten my birthday. Uh, but if they did, it would be a very excusable thing to happen. Because my birthday is in the middle of January. It's in that perfect part of January that nobody gives a shit about. Like, you've gone through Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and you're like, ah, oh, it's all finally over. And then here comes Bernie with his stupid fucking birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it probably depends on where you are, but I do feel like April Fool's Day would be a really lousy birthday to have. I have a weird thing, too, where I know, like, and you're one of them, I know a lot of people who have birthdays in early May. It seems like I'm super busy uh, in early May, and then I am also get really busy again around late August. That those, those you ever are my count that spots. back and find out what the occasion was? <laughs> no, that's, I don't want to think about <laughs> I think, actually, we're going to have some pretty uh, lighthearted topics today after. uh, Listen, I I had to blame you (laughs) for yesterday's (laughs) bummer of an episode. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. I I was feeling a little bit dark. It's weird. Have you ever, I, I don't often remember my dreams, but I woke up from a nightmare. And what was weird about this nightmare is I wasn't in it. Well, who was in it? Our listeners? <laughs> no. Have you ever had a dream where you're like, you're like, you're just not in it. You're not the person who's going through whatever adventure or in this case, like terrifying survival horror uh, thing that was happening. You know, you asked me that and I want to say, yeah, I've had that before, but I can't recall any specific thing. But at the same time, I really can't recall a lot of my dreams I have that weird thing where when I wake up and I had that was a great dream as I'm forgetting it and it's fading away to nothing and I literally can't hold on to it. Yeah, it's like trying to hold sand. It's a bummer when it's a really good dream, but I appreciate it when it's a dream that I'm more than happy to forget. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I was feeling a little bit weird and, and dark and morbid yesterday. And also there were a lot of dark things that had happened. So we got that out of our system. Today's a silly day. Um, you saw that hopefully right at the top. Um, we uh, used a drop uh, from Liam Neeson because there's a, a big announcement that I do not understand at all, but is f- I'm fascinated by. And that it. is that um, there is a, 
a reboot of the Naked Gun franchise. You may remember that starring uh, Leslie Nielsen. Even if you uh, never saw those films, you will have seen clips from those films. Like, um, surely you can't be serious. And like, I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> and those kinds of those kinds of clips. Those are just part of sort of the like the public consciousness. Like these films are iconic. They're doing a reboot of the Naked Gun franchise with Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah, but he's the clip that we played at the top of this. By the way, I want to point out that the the quote you actually just gave was from Airplane, and there's a weird thing about that too. Um, but uh, the the clip we played at the top was uh, Liam Neeson on I think it was either Life is Too Short or it was from his Extras show. I don't know which one. I but think it was, it was from the, Extras. You think it was Extras? Yeah, it was uh, Ricky Gervais and uh, Stephen Merchant. Um, show one of those shows where they got celebrities to do amazing things. We actually played the Patrick Stewart nudity one as well, uh, which is fantastic. But the Liam Neeson coming in. Nope, I was wrong. Life's too short. And <laughs> Liam Neeson trying to do improvisational comedy. And it's a great transition from yesterday's podcast because holy shit, that is such a dark humor scene. It is wild. And it was crazy what uh, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant were capable of getting really like A-list celebrities to do on screen. It was wild. <laughs> it's and it's a very specific type of humor, but it is fantastic. But he is funny in that clip. He's in a, in the way that he walks the line of someone who's not supposed to be and who's failing at being funny, but somehow manages to make the whole thing be funny. And and I get that in a lot of ways in his <laughs> You know, satirical comedy films, Leslie Nielsen did a lot of times play, I mean, I guess you would call it the straight man, surrounded by crazy people, but also was insane in his own way, as I guess many straight men are. What's your favorite Liam Neeson movie? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, he's been in a lot of really good stuff. The easy one to say is Taken, because he was so compelling in that that he spawned, it seemed like, an entirely new (laughs) Liam Neeson-centric genre of films. Yeah, that's fair to say. How many Taken movies are there now? For like three or four? Is there a Taken Well, but four? even even beyond the, uh, I don't know, but even beyond the Taken, then there was like, now there's a man on a subway with no memory of who he is, and he's got to solve a thing. And, you know, it was, the, it was a whole, like, type of filmmaking. But then he was also really good in, I mean, he's a, he's good in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. Um, was he, uh, was he in The Grey? He was yeah, the gray, he was right? the lead. That's mine. He he was the lead in the gray, and that like, was just holy crap. That that movie was so hard to watch, but so fantastic. Yeah, um, sometimes you see the right movie at the right time, and I don't know why. It's like it, it just resonates with you, and I've had that for a few movies. Um, and I don't know if the gray is like a really big hit or even a cult hit, but I just happened to see it like at the right time, and it really resonated with me. I really like that movie a lot. In fact, I was on a plane I, just oh. recently, and uh, the gray was the gray was in the list of things, and it had a warning before it actually that said, "Warning: This movie contains scenes of an airplane in distress." And it's like that's a nice warning to have when you're on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, that could be a tough one. So that's uh, probably a good uh, trigger warning to have for for airplanes specifically. But uh, I, you know, one thing I always heard about the gray. Uh, and maybe you can offer a bit more insight into it because it's not something that I can, is that it's a movie that manages specifically to speak to like something in the male psyche. Like something about the yes. like the dadness or the the husbandness or the, I don't know, like the maybe man versus nature-ness 
um, but that there's something in that movie that speaks to men on a different level. Yes. So there was, I think, a TikToker or, you know, an Instagram reel. We need a word that just means influencer in a short form capacity, like somebody on one of those like short reel things. Instalker. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she asked the question. She goes, she said, guys, walk around. I just learned this, that and you can ask your boyfriend or your husband about this, that guys just walk around inventing scenarios where there's a disaster. They can be a hero. Uh, and that apparently some guys do this. And I was just reading, listening to that going, people don't do that all, all the time. <laughs> you know what that must be? That must be the, uh, the, the male, like that's the male true crime obsession. Yeah. But in the true crime, women are like, like we, if I'm kidnapped and I'm stuck in the trunk of a car, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to survive this horrible thing happening to me? And guys are like, I'm going to be so cool. I'm going to fight a wolf. <laughs> I was going to talk to you about that yesterday because, you know, we were talking about all the morbid stuff and you and I have talked about it before. It's like, why do so many women listen to true crime stuff like where it's just horrible plots of murder and kidnapping and all these terrible things? And you said it was because women like to imagine themselves in that scenario and see and think about what would I have done to escape? I think so. I, I mean, yeah. like, I don't I don't watch true crime stuff. It's not something that I consume. Uh, I'm much more of the, uh, you know, dragons and fantasy sort of uh, escapism than in a trunk of a car. How would I get out escapism? <laughs> uh, but I think it is uh, probably, a you know, it's it speaks to something in women. Like if I'm in a horrible situation, how do I survive it i don't think being a hero is is high on the list of the priorities but how how can i survive how can i get out of this yeah i mean it's just it's always boggled my mind because you know women are obviously very afraid of those things happening but there's a whole podcast industry and documentary industry just based around showing women the most horrific stuff in the world and like sometimes it'll be an eight episode series about a woman being kidnapped i just watched one on netflix that was kind of like a a gone girl but uh no, well, I'll, I'll link in the linked up so I don't ruin anything because I would I would hate to spoil it. But it's a true story about a woman uh, who was kidnapped. And then it turned out maybe she wasn't kidnapped. Maybe she kidnapped herself. <laughs> that sounds like Big Lebowski. Maybe she kidnapped herself, dude. <laughs> but, uh, um, well, Liam Neeson, I think, will have trouble during award season next year for best comedic performance uh, because the front runner right now is the Exxon CEO. <laughs> <laughs> you mean because he's a fucking clown? He went, he went on record as saying that <laughs> climate change was the public's fault. Uh, Exxon Mobil Corp CEO Darren Woods told editors from Fortune that the world simply waited too long to begin investing in a broader suite of technologies to slow planetary heating. I don't I know like how we all someone... need to memorize this guy's name. Like whenever you get upset about like Taylor Swift's plane, just think about uh, Exxon uh, CEO Darren Woods. God, it, 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 you might not need to because we might have the opposite of whatever statues are for this person. Because I can't imagine. God, actually, I think about it a lot. I can't imagine what people a hundred years from now. 200 years from now are going to think about people during our time. You know what I mean? It's like you just you like really you wrecked the climate. You wrecked nature, you know, which was built over billions of years of evolution. 
you wrecked it so that uh, so a, a few people could have some more money. Is that what that what, that's what it was ruined for everyone for? It's just gonna make. I feel like we're just going to be the worst people in history when people look back and at so us. And so that a few people could have so much money, they couldn't possibly spend it anyway. I know. It's so fucking crazy. And the worst part about this is, too, is him blaming the the public, essentially saying everyone else waited too long. We'll link this other uh, article from Scientific American where it talks about how specifically Exxon knew about climate change almost 40 years ago. I'll read briefly the uh, start of this thing. Exxon was aware of climate change as early as 1977, 11 years before it became a public issue, according to a recent in investigation. This knowledge did not prevent the company, uh, now ExxonMobil, and the world's largest oil and gas company, from spending decades refusing to publicly acknowledge climate change and even promoting climate misinformation. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's funny that a gas company would gaslight you. That just seems really on brand <laughs> for them. It's just so on brand. I just don't know how the words like these words were coming out of his mouth and he thought they were a good idea because um, one of the other things that he that he said that uh, when, it, when he was busy blaming absolutely everyone else uh, is he said, OK, and this is a quote from an article um, from The Hill, which we'll put in the link dump. Uh, for example, he said Exxon could today make sustainable aviation fuel for the airline business, but the airline companies can't afford to pay. But see, that seems to be the motivation for him even saying these things is like now the the oil companies are pivoting because there is a decline in petroleum demand. It goes down, which is interesting as well. I don't want you people to think that like I'm completely anti-petroleum because once the engine, no pun intended, that drives the petroleum refinery industry goes down – then we're going to start to have problems with things like plastic suddenly costing a lot more, which will be an interesting time because we become so dependent on plastic. Oh, it's so fucking crazy, too. If you think about one industry producing uh, both gasoline that we put in cars and producing plastic, it's just like this one industry has caused so many problems that we're dealing with today. But, um, you know, as there's a decline, they have to figure out something else to do. These are huge industries. They're not just going to go quietly into the night. Um, so maybe they'll pivot to cleaning up their own mess, you know, and they'll, they have and, technologies and, and charging everybody handsomely for it. Right. I mean, it sounds to me like what they're saying is like, Hey, government, it, you look at this problem we could solve for you. Why don't you help subsidize, you know, clean fuel for planes since we all need planes, you know, God, uh, right now uh, you'll see on a lot of plane tickets, uh, basically a carbon, um, a carbon tax. And that goes into one of the solutions that people are currently trying. And that is basically to um, like carbon reclamation. Um, yeah. And which is like one of the, you know, things to try to get carbon back out of the air. There's also preventative measures that, uh, you know, that people are trying to put into place. That's the solar power. That's the wind power. That's in a lot of places. Um, a new thing is now the, like the underwater, like tide uh, power generators, that kind of thing. But as far as getting carbon back out of the environment, carbon capture seems to be the big thing. And I think you're right um, uh, about Exxon and maybe these other oil companies pivoting and trying to like charge people for to do their own cleanup. Um, further in this article on the Hill, um, Woods blamed activists for trying to exclude the fossil fuel industry from the fight to slow rising temperatures, um, even though the sector is, quote, the industry that has the most capacity and the highest potential for helping with some of the technologies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I listen. So right there. I, I, 
I don't know about you, Ash. I'll take help wherever we can get it, even from the people who cause the problems. You know, if someone wants to declare themselves a hero for helping to put out the fire that they started, that's fine. As long as the fire gets put out, I, I can I can swallow that bitter pill. I don't know about you. And while we're talking about things that are on fire, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> so have you seen that now we were talking about how there's like no chatter about Bitcoin and all of a sudden Suddenly, yesterday. all the yeah, chatter. Yeah, it seems like there's. Yeah, tons of chatter all of a and sudden. I, and I figured out where I'm hearing about these things, by the way. Um, I get, uh, we both get um, a newsletter from Bloomberg and we get another, uh, we get a couple of newsletters that are just like, here's what's going on sort of like in the markets in the world and things that you should be paying attention to. Um, and they're all the, you know, very serious grown up things that are not like, you know, naked gun reboot. Um, but I noticed the ones that came in at the market close yesterday and market open today are all about Bitcoin going nuts. Yeah, uh, it actually hit its all time high in some countries. It's one of these weird things because of the way it's traded. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the week um, that when you look in different places, there's different values for it, you know, based on where it's traded and when it was traded. Uh, so it's hit its all-time high in a couple of countries, but I think the global all-time high that's widely accepted, it came really close to it, but hasn't hit it yet. So you're going to see suddenly, I think, a lot more conversation around Bitcoin. And I think we warned people about this when we started talking about crypto earlier in the podcast lifecycle. Uh, but this is the part of you know the Bitcoin run where typically you'll start to hear suddenly about a lot of other things. And we don't we don't give financial advice. I would just warn people to do their due diligence when you start to hear about these other coins and things like that. In my personal experience, just do the research, please. And I also saw someone in the subreddit saying they bought cryptocurrency because of us. We're not telling anyone to buy anything, but that's not even like the the joke we make about this isn't financial advice or anything. We really just don't want to shill a bunch of stuff to you because we see people doing that, especially like YouTubers with younger audience telling people to buy stuff, buy this, buy that, not even just investment stuff, but just like buy like snacks or drinks and stuff like that. And we just don't want to shill a bunch of things. Like I hope, I hope we don't come across like that. No, I look, we aside, aside from the energy drink we've got coming out, <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, I have to admit we did push HEB's coconut coffee a little bit hard. So I'd like to apologize That's to everyone. This is not interest. who we are. I'm actually, actually, as a CEO of the company, I guess I'm CEO. Uh, I have to say, I'm really upset with the public for not putting a stop to our coffee talks earlier. I'm really, I blame you all for that. <laughs> all right, Ashley. So, what's the verdict? Are you going to be first in line to see Liam Neeson in the remake of Naked Gun? Probably. I I want to see a trailer. I got to know more about this thing. I mean, I know it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. They're just moving forward with it now, but. I, I've got to see a trailer for this. I have to know what this is going to look like. I'm going to wait for uh, Naked Gun 2.75 with Liam Neeson. <laughs> and, I, and by that point, I'll only have to uh, pay 0.0000001 bitcoins in order to get admission to it. <laughs> and then the theater will catch on fire from climate change. I'll have to finish it later at home. All right. Well, that does it for us, everybody. Leap year, February 29th, 2024. We will be back to talk to you hopefully before the next four years. We hope you'll be here as well. Bye, everybody.